Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. I'm Dave Hendon. Happy New Year to everybody. Of course, the first big tournament of 2019 is the Masters. It is one of the crown jewels of the game, without any doubt. And it takes place uh, next week in Alexandra Palace in London. One of the contenders for the title is a former runner-up, Barry Hawkins, firmly established now as a member of the top eight. Always seems to come good at the Crucible every year at the World Championship. He's won three ranking titles. And he is also a thoroughly nice bloke, as you're about to hear. And by the way, stay tuned for later in the week. On Saturday, there'll be another podcast. It'll be a full Masters preview. Barry, you always stop asking players how they discovered snooker. So what was your introduction? Um, I used to live on a a council estate when I was really young. Um, A few of my friends... Started going down a local snooker club, which is only maybe fifteen minute walk away. So um, I decided to go down there one one evening after school, and um, I remember playing. And then as soon as I started playing, I knew I knew then really that I, I loved the game, and it just went from there. Really, I just started going down to the snooker club and brushing tables, and just progressed from there. And snooker was obviously real big on the TV then, wasn't it? So you would have seen a mm. lot of it as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Jimmy inspired me to be playing, watching him. In all them world championships, you know, when he done well and lost all them finals. So, um, yeah, I remember, I remember breaking down in tears. I think at one point when he missed Mr. Black. I think it was seventeen all, wasn't it? Yeah. He missed the Black. You weren't alone in that. No, exactly. <laughs> I, remember, I remember, like, I was like, oh, I was devastated. And I think I was down the snooker club at the time watching it. So, um, yeah, he, he was my favourite player growing up, mm. and he, I think he, he probably inspired me to, to play snooker. Mm. So, how quickly did you sort of get good? Um, well. I don't like to say really. Um, no, because a lot, yeah. a lot of kids, a lot of kids take the pretty game quick, up. I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, once I did start playing, he couldn't get me off the table. Mm. I was on it day and night as much as I could. Really, any any in between school time, I was I was I was just at the snooker club. Um, but I think within a within a couple of years, I was making centuries. Um, I think I, I won the under 15s and I think I started mm. playing about back end of 11, 12. So at the time, winning the under 15 was a was a big event. You know, Hemsby and Pontins. Um, there was so many great players, David Gray, Holty, all the all the players around my age really. There was all all around it. So yeah, I think from then I think that was when I decided, right, I'll give this a proper go. Mm. And also at that time there was quite a thriving junior circuit, wasn't there? So there was a lot of tournaments oh. to play in. Oh, it was huge. I was going to tournaments every weekend, junior tournaments all around the country. Um so yeah, I think 
got schooled very well, you know, back then, playing tournaments week in, week out, and against class players. So, um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely it was amazing back then. Mm. But I think I'm right in saying before you turned pro, you had quite an unusual thing for a snooker player, a job. Before, before turning pro, is that right? You worked in an office? Um, no, I, I did. I did. I give it up for a little while, and okay. I, 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 I started working in an office, like an office clerk, really. Mm. And I, I did go for a couple of job interviews, and I went for. I remember going up Cannon Street and going for a, a like a office junior job, really, in a solicitors. But right. it was going to progress me on to going to courses and stuff like that. And I only missed out by one person, I think. Right. Um, so who knows? You know, it might have been totally different if I got that job. Mm. And um, yeah, someone persuaded me to come back, and I'll give it. I'll give it another go, and. Uh, yeah, lucky for me, it's worked out, you know. Mm. But do you think you saw snooker as a career then? I mean, obviously you would have seen the stars making a lot of mm. money, but also a lot of pros down the list then. There's quite a, a lot yeah. of pros on the tour who obviously weren't. Yeah, no, I mean, back then, it's, it's, a, it's a massive gamble, isn't it, like anything you do. So, um, But I loved the game so much back then. I was so young, and all you wanted to do was play, and I loved it so much. So I did miss it when I jacked it in for a while. Um, and lucky for me, a couple of friends from the club rung me up and um, said, look, you've got to give, this a, give it a go, you know, because they, I mean, I think they they saw maybe I could do alright back then so um, you never know but yeah I, it was um, it was a it was a risk but um, if you want to do well at something sometimes you've got to take a risk haven't you mm. so how did you find turning pro because it's changed a little bit sort of recently with, with Jason Ferguson but back then you basically just turn up with your cue don't you You're not, there's no induction or anything you just turn up you start playing and, yeah. and you're a professional but how did you find the sort of step up yeah I, I mean I, I remember I had one year at Blackpool when at the time you could just pay money to turn professional no matter what sort of standards yeah. you were there was people playing with there was dis- people with disabilities playing back yeah. then I remember a fella playing with one arm and he yeah. had like different instruments Graham Francis Graham yeah. Francis yeah, 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 yeah exactly he was at Blackpool the year yeah. I was there so um, yeah as long as you paid your money it didn't really matter it was, and you had to get through maybe seven or eight rounds to maybe get to the, get to the venue um, but yeah I think I've done okay um, I think David Gray and, and someone called Alan Burnett back then really, they were the two best players of the of that year rookies of the year if you like and I, I think I've done the third best so mm. I've done alright out there I didn't set the world alight but I've done won a lot of matches so um, yeah I just yeah I enjoyed every minute of it to be fair maybe I enjoyed it a little bit too much <laughs> I was 17 and mm. was at Blackpool in the summer at the mm. time so um, sneak, sneaked off to a couple of late night bars a few mm. times and yeah so um, yeah no it was, that was good times you know looking back good memories yeah but was there a point where you thought I suppose maybe it's getting a bit older I've got to take this a bit more seriously oh yeah I mean it's I learned from you learn from a very young age really if you if you abuse the game then it you get found out and um, it never forgives you um even nowadays sometimes I go off the rails a tiny bit not not that much but you know you know deep down you think I can't can't keep abusing it because it's going to come back and, and bite me in the bum really so um yeah back then you, um you got you got to put the hours and you get, you get what you in Reno. Mm. But did you f- feel that you were improving? I mean, because looking back at your career, it maybe took a little while to establish yourself, mm. but you were, I guess, learning yeah. on the job, and as you say, you were very young at the time. Yeah, I mean, some players, they come in and make a massive impact and break through, you know, like, obviously Ronnie's a special special talent, um, but other players develop later, and I've, I've, I think I'm one of them players, you know, it took me a long time to know that you have to have a bit of belief in yourself um, it just takes a long time to learn really sometimes and, and get used to playing against the top players and in the big arenas and, and stuff like that so um, yeah I think I made, I've made steady progress all the time and I think obviously started working with Terry Griffiths quite a number of years ago mm. that made a big difference as well um, so yeah I think sometimes you just have to keep at it and, uh, and just keep going really mm. and see what happens Do you remember your first TV game? Um I remember one of my first TV TV games. I think I played James 
Ottona. Mm-hmm. I think it was the LG Cup back yeah. then. And I, it was the last 16 and I, yeah, I got to the quarterfinals actually. I think that was my first ever venue. Mm. Um, but yeah, I loved it and I lost to Joe Swell actually, 5-4 to get to the semis and I think I might have been to play Ronnie so that would have mm-hmm. been a, a huge, a huge, um, huge match for me. But yeah, I loved it. I loved playing at the venue. I can remember definitely. What was it like, like first on telly? You know, it's very different, isn't it? You've got the cameras, yeah. a lot more attention on you. Ah, oh, all eyes on you. Yeah, it's it's, it's more nerve wracking. It's great when everything's going well, but the, the tough part is when you're not playing well and um, things are not going well. That's the that's when you really need to dig deep. You know, that's that's the difference. It's all great when you're potting balls and everything's going your way. Mm. It's no problem at all. But it's just when you you start things going bad against you and you can get embarrassed out there sometimes but you just have to keep trying to dig deep that's the that's mm. the difficult part yeah because you know people are watching particularly yeah. when, you, when you're starting out and your family be watching yeah, and everyone's you, wishing you well yeah you just feel like you're, you're letting people down not just not just yourself you feel like you're letting others down mm. but I think well, I think I've had enough of them experiences now to know that it's just what it is you know you just sometimes you just go out there and you can't perform and other times it's great but um, I, I do think obviously I'm 39 now so I'm no spring chicken but I do think I'm able to um uh, bounce back a little bit better than mm. I used to definitely mm. 2005 you kind of broke through a little bit you got to the semi-finals of the Welsh mm. and then later in the year the Grand Prix and I think you played Ronnie in both of them and they were both close yeah um, I remember and yeah. that was kind of maybe your first taste of the real big time getting mm. to the, the business end of a big tournament yeah and against someone like him mm. um, I think at the time they, if, I'm, if I remember rightly I think there was only six tournaments then mm. so I think two semi-finals out of six tournaments that year or seven tournaments whatever it was I had a decent year, you know, um, but yeah, that was a big eye opener, you know, playing against Ronnie and different different kind of pressure and obviously packed crowd and um, yeah, both times narrowly lost to him. I think mm. I lost did I six four? I think one of them and yeah, five four and the yeah. other maybe. But um, yeah, I thought maybe back then, obviously back then, I thought right, I can I can do it against the very best, mm. you know. Mm. And then you made your crucible debut, two thousand six. You won the first frame against Ken. Yeah, it's all going well, and then you don't win another one. I mean, that, yeah. that was kind of welcome to the Crucible. Oh uh, yeah, I remember. I've been trying for so long to. I kept getting beat to qualify for the Crucible. I've done well in other events, but that was the that's the big one everyone wants to get to. And um, I remember the, the t- I had a tough draw in qualifying. I beat Ding actually to mm. qualify. I played so I played very well against him. You know, it was a great game I had against Ding. Um, I think not too long before that he he bashed me up, and I thought, oh my god, that's a really yeah. really tough draw. You know, so um, to come through that, I thought I felt great and um, everyone's going well wait till you get to the crucible it's um it's a different it's an eye opener it's a different kettle of fish you know it's so nerve-wracking and um, I walked out there and it was great buzz won the first frame and I thought oh what's everyone talking about you know <laughs> this is easy and then um that was it I realized it ain't that easy and I lost 10-1 yeah mm. rabbit in the headlights mm. <laughs> but you're not not alone in that a lot of people yeah. will, uh, well I mean we'll come on to your crucible yeah. record later but think let's say think, things turn around for you yeah. um you then in, in 20, 2007 you won the qualifier for the Masters, mm. which obviously got you into the Masters. So that yeah. was a big deal, wasn't it? That was another, yeah, it was a big deal. It wasn't um, at the time before that. The qualifying event was like a sponsored by Benson and Edges, mm. and that was a massive event in itself. Um, it changed a little bit when I won it. It went to Prestatyn. Mm. Um, there's still a load of great players, and it. it was still still a good tournament to win. And obviously yeah. to get to the to the was it Wembley Arena? Wembley, I think. Arena, Wembley yeah. Arena at the time, you know, I was buzzing, you know, so. Um, to get there and, and play in that big arena was um, was fantastic, mm. and I think Ken might beat me again there. Mm. Um, yeah, I think yeah. So uh, yeah, he bashed me up a couple of times. <laughs> but it's all <laughs> about experience, isn't yeah. it? You know, you like you're ticking ticking the boxes. You get into yeah. semi-finals, you get to the Crucible, you win a tournament, you get to the Masters. You're, you're mm. still learning all the time, I guess. All, always, I'm learning now. Yeah. Um, I think you never stop learning. And Ronnie's prime example at the moment. He's always 
even though how good he is, you know, you think there's not much more he can learn, and he's he's always striving to, to for that perfection, you know. So um, yeah, you, you never stop learning in this game. I think there's always things that you think you can learn that. So um, yeah, but like you say, great experience, and it's it's just a massive learning curve when you're that age. It's all about getting that experience and. Mm keep building on it and hopefully one day it'll turn around and you actually win something mm. well things sort of turned around for you 2012 you won the shootout now obviously mm. I mean, it's become a ranking event but then yeah. it was kind of a novelty you sort of yeah. bash up really but it's still a very nervy event oh, yeah. and the fact that you won a trophy on television in that environment that seemed to sort of kickstart your career yeah funny enough yeah, it, it did actually I know it's funny as, as <clears> mad as it sounds it's not it's like one frame it's but like you say being live on TV front of a big audience quite a raucous audience mm. actually and um, yeah and a lot of pressure everybody's twitching you know everyone's <laughs> one frame shot clock so you've got quite a lot to deal with mm. um, yeah I wouldn't class it obviously now it's a ranking event I wouldn't class it as a ranking event I don't think no one does but um, yeah it was a big deal for me back then because I, at the time obviously I was I was just hovering around the 32 mark or 20 mark I, I think I might have been in the 16 months by then um, but yeah I wasn't really setting the world alight and yeah at the time lack of confidence I had mm. so like a win like that picking up any trophy I suppose it, give me, it did give me a lot of confidence yeah and then you started the next season you won your first ranked event the Australian mm. Open what are your memories of that that was out in, the, in Bendigo yeah well, I was back <coughs> out I think I'd been away for three or four weeks at the time I was on, on the back of like the six reds in Thailand a tournament in China um, so I was on the road with Mark Davis most of the time which is quite unfortunate <laughs> 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 oh dear no he's a good lad yeah, but he, everyone knows how nice a fellow he is yeah, but uh, he can be quite miserable sometimes <laughs> but yeah no um, yeah, we, I remember being with him the whole time and um, he had had a great time he'd been mm. to the semis of, the, of China and then he, he won the six red so he was flying at the time and um, he actually actually beat him in the semis of the Australian so um, he had a great three or four weeks really and uh, yeah I can remember playing Peter Ebden in the final and uh, I played great, I think, if I remember rightly. And, yeah, I remember potting the Brown to win it and obviously showed a bit of emotion because, yeah, it's just, it, was, it was a ranking tournament at the end of the day and, yeah, in front of TV and crowd there, yeah, it was a great feeling, yeah. Yeah, and he's gone into the match, obviously, with all the experience, you know, world champion, yeah. won a lot of tournaments. It's your first big final. Do you remember being nervous? Because you didn't seem to look it. No, I point. was nervous, but mm. I just, for some reason, I, yeah, it was just one of them days where yeah, everything just clicked, really. You know, I... I I'd obviously been working. I think I've been working with Terry um, on the on a mind sort of thing, really. And uh, yeah, I just felt calm and thing, p- things were going right for me, and I was scoring well, and I felt confident. And it was just one of them games where everything just went well for me. You know? mm-hmm. Talk about Terry then, because obviously he's been world champion and, and a great player himself. Moving over to the coaching side, you don't always necessarily need to have been a great player to be a good coach, but. He does have that experience to call on, but I get the sense just talking to players that it's also about just the right word at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been working with Terry this season. Mm. Um, decided to have just a year on my on my own, you know. But there's no there's no reason why I won't go back and work with him next year. But for the past six or seven years, I've been working with him. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. He, I think the first first couple of years, we was always working on stuff. Changed a couple of tiny little technical things, nothing major really. Um, but yeah. He, he just seems because he's been there and done it people believe what he says his other coaches haven't had that experience and they're pretending they know what they're talking about but deep down really they haven't got a clue um, but Terry's obviously been there he knows exactly how you're feeling um, and sometimes you go back in the dressing room you wouldn't even talk about the game because everything's going well so there's nothing to talk about you just talk about completely something random and just make you laugh and make you relax you know so um, yeah he's always 
he's always great to have in your corner. Mm. Okay, well that that season where you won the Australian Open, you actually played more matches than anyone else on the circuit, and because it, it ended mm. with the biggest match of them all, you got to the world final mm. against Ronnie O'Sullivan. Now talk about the big time. I mean, that's <laughs> as big as it gets, right? Yeah, that was amazing. Um, I think I played to beat Ding Selby. And I, th- I mean, I think Selby was still struggling with his neck at the, mm. or was he struggling with his neck at the time? I can't remember anyway. But yeah, um, yeah, I remember having like such a galling game against Ricky. Yeah, and it was not a very good game either. I don't think I had a break over fifty until it went really late on in the match, mm. and I was twelve eight down. And all of a sudden, I managed to find a bit of form, and Ricky fell away a little bit. And I was sixteen twelve up. And then I remember putting the, the cash balls really to. To realise I was in the final, I was like, it was unbelievable. Really, it was a yeah dream come true, and um, yeah, the best feeling I've ever had walking out as a professional coming down for that final session against mm. Ronnie because I think we had a we had a great game really, and um, I think a lot of people was expecting me just to fall away and he'd win with a session to spare and everything. Mm. But I think I put him under quite a bit of pressure, and he played. He, I think he's even admitted. I don't think he's he's played as well there, you know. Mm. But what's it like playing in the final? Because, like you mentioned, the Jimmy White finals, mm. and you've grown oh, yeah. up watching every every snooker fan can remember all the world finals they've mm. watched. Suddenly, you're there. You know, they've got the trophy out. You're standing yeah. for the pictures. What, what's that it's like? It's surreal. Yeah. It's surreal, really. You don't actually. I think when you're actually in at Sheffield and you're there working, it's weird. You don't, you don't seem to appreciate mm. what's going on. Sure. I think you're just there, just concentrating, mm. playing another game, another game. There's so many sessions, just like non-stop, non-stop you just feel like you're not, not out of your suit mm. um, but yeah standing there I, I went to afterwards I look back now and I look at the pictures and it brings back the memories you know and I think mm. Jesus you actually you actually <laughs> played in the, in the world final you know not many people can say that obviously I'd have loved it if I'd, if I'd have won it but um, yeah it's still a massive achievement and I'll always look back with like unbelievable memories yeah. mm. and it must have helped give you the belief that you know you are a top player mm. you've been you were sort of knocking on the door you were steadily rising Obviously, won a ranking event that season, but to play in a world final, you know, that's not a fluke. And we, you know, no. obviously, since then, your record that there has been really good. Yeah, must have really helped with your confidence. Oh, massively! Yeah, give me the, give me um, yeah, massive self belief. Um, well, I wouldn't say massive because I'm not that type of person mm. who, you know, I'm always, I'll always doubt myself. Or I'm always quite critical of myself. You know, I, I never get too too excited about things. But yeah, obviously, deep down, I know I can do it. That's mm. that's the big big thing, really. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how I've done the following season. Um, maybe I let off, took my foot off the brake after after gas a little bit. Maybe mm. I can't remember. But yeah, you know, deep down, it gave me give me the confidence, and it, it actually cemented the fact that I can do it on the biggest stage. Yeah. Mm. Quite often we hear people say about you, you know, you're underrated, mm. which, which you shouldn't be. But is that a good thing? Good thing in a way you can sort of maybe keep your head down, yeah. leave some of the other star names to sort of take the limelight. Yeah, I do. <coughs> people say things that like, I don't really take much notice. Um, mm. I'm not really interested in trying to make headlines and trying to say things just to get myself noticed and things like that. You know, I'll just go there, turn up, play. Um, I'm there to play snooker and I'm there to try and win win a tournament, really. If I can if I can change people's minds, you know, and... I mean, I don't think people doubt me. I think people class me as a top player, really. But I think... But I'm not... I don't really care what people think. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going there to play snooker and if they think I'm a good player, then great. And if mm. not... It's down to them, really, but um, yeah, it's just I don't really take much notice. Sure. Okay. Well, you, you won uh, the place championship and then 2017 the World Grand Prix, and that was um, you must have been really happy with that performance oh, against yeah. Ryan Day. You know, five centuries. I know he came back at you a little bit at the end, but yeah. you've sort of done all the all the work early on. Yeah, that's um, one of them moments where one of them rare occasions where you don't actually feel like you're going to miss, and to do feel like that in the final, mm. against a class player like Ryan, you know, so dangerous. Um, 
yeah, that was a that was a great feeling. I remember walking around the tail when I was maybe six, seven, three up, and I was clearing up, and I was thinking, Jesus, this is probably the best I've felt in mm. in a long time, and um, that don't happen very often. Every snooker player, I tell you. Um, but like I say, he did come back at me, and uh, I managed to make a decent little little clearance at the end under under a lot of pressure, and um, yeah, that's a really proud moment because I know I won the Australian, and I know, but that tournament was. Uh, it was a big tournament and everybody was in it, you know, sure. like Ronnie, the whole yeah. the whole lot was in it. So um to win that one was um yeah special really. Yeah, and because like any player you don't just want to be consistent, you want to be winning the trophies. Yeah, you want to win, yeah. yeah. Um not one not one one since but I've come close, very close quite a few times. But um yeah, that's um that goes back a long way, I've got a lot of history that tournament. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah delighted to have won that yeah. You also got to the Masters final, I think three years ago now, and mm. again Ronnie O'Sullivan <laughs> and, and that's kind of that is sort of his manner, isn't it, the Ali oh. Pally? Yeah, I've, I actually felt demoralised that final. <laughs> I, I, that's one of the occasions where I did feel a bit embarrassed. You know, I, I, when it went seven-one, I think I was actually thinking, just finish me off now. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. no way back from there. Yeah. So, um, and then he flew to pink, I think, to go eight-one. Or it might have been to go seven-one. And I just thought, right, yeah, just just bash me up now, please don't miss. It was one of the occasions where you don't actually want to come back to the table, um, which is terrible, really, because you're um, in a massive final. Um, but he can make you feel like that, and. The place can make you feel like that as well, you know. So, um, but yeah, I played well. I played very well to get to the final, and uh, yeah, n- another another great occasion. But obviously, not a, a great great performance. <laughs> mm. Well, the Crucible seems to be where you kind of every year you're there in the one, other one table, and, and you obviously have to beat great players to do it. Yeah. Now, why is that? Do you think is it the venue? Is it the longer matches, or you, do you just feel comfortable there? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't necessarily turn up there and think. Right, I've got a great chance of getting mm. through it because I've been done well the last few years. I just turn up to the same every year, you know, mm. um, hoping to get through the first round, and then it just some the way it's happened the last few years it's just unfolded from there. And I think, I think, yeah, last year actually, I felt actually felt like I could win this, mm. and that's the first time really. I've, even when I've got to the semis before, you know, I know how long the matches are, and I know the great players in front of me, but I did feel good, you know, and I was playing some decent stuff up until. About 15, 13 against Mark, and the wheels completely fell off. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's no. I don't really turn up every year thinking, "Well, I'm gonna have a good run here." It's just, it's just the way it's worked out the last few years. Mm. And but like you say, I do feel, do feel quite comfortable there. Strange. Um, well, that's the the biggest pressure any single player mm. plays under, and uh, for some reason it just seems to bring the best out of me. Where well, it has done for the last few years, don't, no reason I'm gonna ever run this year. Mm. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask you about last year. I mean, was the sort of regret? Um, Afterwards, because like you say, you were sort of in front against Mark, yeah. and then at the end, it got very nervous, didn't it? At the oh, end? it was unbelievable. <laughs> it must have been great to watch because we couldn't stand up a yeah. pair of us in the end. And then Mark, I remember, I remember missing a pink in the middle, and I played complete wrong shot. I only got to screw it down for red on the black round. I'm, I'm trying to stun it off the cushion because I didn't fancy getting through the white. I remember, and I, he nudged me on the shoulder, and we just started laughing. He said, "Oh, we're both twitching all over the place <laughs> now." And uh, yeah, well, but I think looking back at it, there really, I probably should have just. Just tried to stay focused a little bit more, but then I just started getting a little. Yeah, it was strange, really, and um, should try to be a little bit more ruthless, really, maybe. Um, but how hard is but it? It's so hard when you're out. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's always good in hindsight, and you can mm. always look back and oh, I should have done this, should have done this. But at the time, we was um, yeah, we was both struggling to string two balls together. I think. Sure. Um, but yeah, like you say, it was, I was gutted afterwards, definitely, because it was a great chance to get to another final. Mm. You know. Yeah, give me give me yourself a, a crack at the tile. Mm. How hard is it though? I know I've asked you about it now, but how yeah. hard is it not to look back on it? Like certainly in the days afterwards, when mm. you sat at home and you think, "If only I'd have done this." Yeah. Can you, are you a player that can sort of let that stuff go, or, or occasion like that? Is it difficult? Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm not too bad now. I don't beat myself up like mm. I used to. No way near. Um, but 
you know, well, I've been close quite a number of times now. You know, it's first couple of times you think, oh, that was a good tournament, that was a good tournament. But once you get there now, like the last few times, you, you don't want to keep getting beat in, in them stages. You want to go on to win it. You know, you want to be, you want to win a tournament, um, especially a tournament like that. So um, yeah, I did. It did. It did hurt for a little while. Um, obviously, you got to bounce back. It's the way it is. But uh, yeah, I don't. When I get to semis or something like that, you're devastated. Now it's not. Whereas years ago, I'd get there and I think, oh, I've had a great tournament there, but it's not like that now. Mm. When you get through that far, you want to, you, it's all about, you want to win, didn't you? especially at this stage of my career. Mm. Well, the Masters, of course, is the, the big event coming mm. up uh, this week. Um, I think you've got Sean Murphy, yeah. first round. Uh, I suppose there, though, it doesn't really matter who you play, does no. it? Because they're all top players. Oh, they're all great players. Murphy's won it, he's won a triple crown, world champion. So, um, yeah, I played him there a few years ago, I managed mm. to beat him then, but, you know, different day, different game, and it um, looks like he's coming into a bit of form again. He's probably. He had a big move a while back. He went to move to Ireland, and he so he's probably settled down a bit now. It takes a little while to settle down. And he's been putting the hours in, and he's he's played very well the last last month or so. Even in the qualifiers, I think he had about seven or eight centuries in yeah. his two matches. So um, yeah, he'd have been putting the work in over Christmas, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, like you say, it, it doesn't matter who you got there. You know what you got to do. You got to go out there and, and and play well yourself. And if you can do that, then you're tough to beat, man. Mm. Turned forty this year, but that means nothing really in snooker, does it? We've no. seen a lot of forty-somethings actually really doing well. Yeah. Um, how do you sort of see your the next few years for you? Is it is it a question of trying to land a few more trophies? Yeah, I think. Yeah, it'd be nice to win another. Well, another, it'd be nice to win another tournament at the moment. I'm, I'm not one one for a while, but um, yeah, I want to just try and um, yeah, just keep trying to tr- trying to play well and well, keep keep improving. Really, I think yeah. I've got quite a number of years left if I can stay stay dedicated I think with me I think if I can stay motivated that's a big thing because I get a bit down with the travelling and that sometimes I've been better the last few years the last couple of years I should say but um, I think sometimes I, I get a bit I get a bit depressed really you know yeah. knowing, knowing that I've got to go away for quite yeah. for two or three weeks at time especially like China and that you know I get a bit homesick I suppose like some other players but um, I've dealt with that better lately and uh, yeah if I can keep enjoying playing and, and keep doing alright then I think yeah, I think I've got a few years left of me. Because mm. that's the thing you mentioned the travelling a minute. Yeah. It kind of, it sort of sounds glamorous, but it isn't, is no. it? You know, it's airport on the plane, another airport, mm. bus to the hotel, mm. and then you're working. You're not actually on holiday. No, and then you're jet lagged as well, mm. and then you, you feel rubbish about yourself. You're sleeping rubbish. It takes a good week, you know, when you actually get to China to yeah. get over that. And um, sometimes you're only there, you're there for like two, three days, and then you got a plane and. Especially you get the half nine shift in the morning, you and you can't get asleep till six in the morning with your jet lag. So you're trying to play snook and you, your eyes are stinging, and you think, oh, what am I doing here? Mm. So um, yeah, I've been trying to get to China a bit earlier, you know, so I can yeah. start getting some more sleeping, and um, I think that's helped me really. I think I've been getting over the jet lag a bit better. So um, yeah, I mean, Ronnie's got it right, but he, he's in a privileged position where he can actually pick and choose not to go. So um, sure. for us boys, it's. Um, they're such big events you don't want to really miss them sure and mm. finally just settle one thing Barry because I've heard it said about you a lot of times you played the kettle drum in a steel band is this true? the kettle no, the cello it was called okay the, the cello, cello. Yeah, it was cello like, drum yeah, yeah the cello it was called okay. yeah, and, um, I think the front was tenors then the, there was seconds the second row which was like two drums and yeah. I played the cello where there was three, drum, three drums around me you know in a steel band and then bass was behind me so yeah, um, yeah we'd done weddings and everything played oh. at yacht clubs and yeah, it was really good at secondary school. Yeah, I've, I've actually got some footage at home, so um, oh, wow. <laughs> if I can dig it out somewhere, it's yeah. quite interesting. Right. <laughs> and, how, and was that just? How did you get into that? Just, just at school, or? no, yeah. just at school, secondary school, mm. and just in the music club. Really, I got friendly with a few boys at the club, and they 
they used to go at the weekends in a tobacco dock in Wapping. Mm. Uh, we used to play in a shopping centre. We used to have like a lock up there, and every weekend on Saturdays and maybe some Sunday sometimes we um, we used to play in a big shopping centre and people all be oh. all around watching and that and we play all classical music, you know, like Blue Danube and oh. all smoke gets in your eyes all that sort of stuff yeah. we, I thought we was very good yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we haven't got a set here but if, but, no. if, but if someone wheeled them in could you pick it up again oh, do you think? no I doubt it <laughs> I mean I, I remember slightly but nothing I don't think I'd be able to I used to be able to play the, the tenors as well and do do a few things but no it was such a long time oh, 39 now I was only 14 or so yeah. at the time so yeah I, I doubt it now ok well you're busy enough playing snooker yeah exactly Yeah, it's yeah. been great to talk to you Barry thanks Cheers. a lot alright thanks Cheers. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.